Hey everybody, welcome back to On Point. This episode I sit down with Mike Myrie from Hunt Tag at the Portland Expo and uh, we just basically BS, catch up and talk about tags and tag strategies that we both have for coming up in Oregon, some changes that are being proposed and that you need to be aware of if you have a lot of points and you're kind of in no man's land. So um, it, it's, it's not a very technical podcast about anything. It's just two buddies catching up, talking about tags and strategies and uh, and how Hunt Tag's been since we last checked up with uh, Mike. So outside of that, I've got some really cool episodes uh, up and coming. So uh, I want to give you guys a shout out and, and a heads up. Last episode with Greg Poole, uh, you guys blew it out of the water and it performed the best episode we've ever had. So I'm probably going to have Greg come back on to talk more about tuning and get into the second half of that conversation, which I'm dying to hear uh, what he's got there. And then also I'm going to be talking a lot about arrows this year. And uh, I, I'm currently working on that injection build. If you guys are following me online, you guys know that I am absolutely in love with the injection build that I have going on with the day six components and uh, just playing around with point weights. I can shoot anywhere from like 475 to 600 grains interchanging sleeves and point weights with the same arrow. And uh, that's not considering taking in consideration spine and everything, but I, that's how versatile that, that setup is. And I really do enjoy shooting that. So um, outside of that, appreciate everybody's feedback. And uh, yeah, we've got some really cool ep arrow episodes coming up. I've got ideas for arrow debates. I still want to do a live episode where we can take your guys' feedback and kind of actually make that one kind of an interactive uh, radio style uh, episode with uh, with just an interactive episode. I think that'd be really cool. So outside of that, check this one out. Let me know what you think, and I will see you guys at the end. Bye. This is the first time I've ever podcasted live in front of a huge audience like this before. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, Hoodoo is different. I mean, you got... One person walking by. Yeah, who do you? We were, we were inside of a tent, so they had to walk by and kind of like peek yeah. in to see peek what, in. what's going on in there. Now it's like they can see us coming and they're kind of like eyeballing us like we're, yeah, uh -oh. like we're in a fish tank. <laughs> I'd say that's well put, yeah. So this is the Portland Expo. What is this exactly? Uh, Portland Sportsman Show, Portland okay. Expo, Portland, the big deal, Portland Sportsman this Show. This is the big deal. My wife made me come. I, In all transparency, I did not want to come. I try to avoid Portland like the plague. Yep. And uh, my wife's like, we've never done this. She even offered to drive. I still drove. But uh, I'm glad I came. This is really cool. And I've yeah. seen a lot of familiar faces and got to meet some people. And It is fun. Yeah. I finally got to meet Rocky Jacobson. I've been wanting to do that for a while. Awesome. And, awesome. And, um, and how are you guys doing here? You guys doing pretty good? We're doing good. Uh, it's really cool to see a lot of the people um, come by that are – social media followers and they'll come by and say hi and yeah. like I said at Hoodoo there was there was a handful of people that came and saw us and it was kind of people that I already know but here it's been a lot of people that are uh, hey I saw you guys on Instagram I really wanted to see your stuff and they come by and shake hands or I can't tell you how many people have come by and just said hey I don't want to buy anything because we already <laughs> bought some your stuff's awesome oh We're perfect like, really cool <laughs> hey come here tell some stories did you use them yeah you know so it's been it's been interesting uh, meeting all the people yeah well you guys have swag now too uh, yeah. you guys didn't have uh, shirts and hats and yeah, sweatshirts we got some we got some sweatshirts we got some shirts with some hats um, and they're an ongoing process we're still working on getting different designs and trying to make them cool keep them current yeah. Well, since I've been in the booth, you guys have been pretty freaking steady busy. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool to see. It started a little bit slower on Wednesday, then Thursday, then Friday, yeah. and then today it's just been like they're stacked in like <laughs> cordwood. Like, oh, man, just people <laughs> piled in there. Well, I figured Saturday would probably be the big, 
the busiest day. Yeah. I imagine Sunday might taper off. Cause the I used to work. I still work booths for our my main job and stuff. And yeah. at the Oregon Logging Conference, and Saturday is always the busiest day. Yeah, always. But um, so I we wanted to get a live podcast going, talk about kind of what we're doing for Oregon this year. I kind of wanted to float some ideas out of things that I've heard for the draw system, maybe potentially okay. changing. I don't know what you've heard. Have you heard anything about the I've new draw he- system? I've heard a little bit, but I usually just kind of uh, let it go until it actually happens. So um, I, I'm actually, for guys that are asking me, you know, what tags to put in for, I'm actually asking how many points they have, and, and they're just kind of wanting in, like, no man's land, you know, the 12 points for deer. We're talking Oregon here. 12 points for deer or, you know, 8 to 12 points for elk yeah and i'm like you should probably hold on to those (laughs) yeah at that point you're kind of you are in no man's land you are and there's some ideas floating around that let's let's allocate how many points we put towards a tag so if you have 15 points i'm gonna put in for uh tag six now you know what that is there is no tag six but tag six costs 15 points for 100% yeah. guarantee. Um, maybe I'm going to do half of that and or whatever. It's yeah. the, the I like that idea. Um, it would be interesting. It would be really interesting. The, if I don't have 15 points, but if I did have 15 <laughs> points, <I've got> zero. <laughs> you're still in that going to take you 10 years to catch up with the point creep to get one of the big three tags. Right. And if you don't have that kind of time or the patience or you're like, man, I just want to hunt elk or deer or whatever it happens to be. It would be cool to be like, hey, can I? I'm going to use five of these points and put them towards, say, a, a north side or a murderer's creek or one of those tags that takes in that four to five, six range, depending right. on. Right. And you could use those towards that, and you'd still hold on to your ten because you, you earn those. I mean, you've paid for those points, and to burn fifteen points on a five point or four point draw does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. But it also doesn't make sense to sit on 15 points and then 16 points and 17 points. Ten years later, you're maxed out on points and still not drawing tags. And you're like, well, what? That, that, I, w- I want to hunt. I want to hunt. That's where I'm at. I've got a couple couple tags that don't take a lot of points to get, to hunt and have a good chance at drawing. And there's there's pretty quality animals in them. But, you know, I'm, I'm at six points for elk, and I'm trying to figure out whether I'm just going to blow them right now or I'm going to wait till I have 20 and, and get Mount Emily or something stupid like that. You know, yeah. I can't say something stupid, but um, just wait, you know, 20 years for a tag, and other states would be like a four-year tag. It just, yeah. I don't really, if I want to wait 20 years, I'll just go to Wyoming every four years with a bomb tag. Yep. You know, that's, that's starting to be my tag strategy yeah. for Oregon is just get a tag, and, and um, you know, every four to five years you have a decent tag. Yep. But uh, for the for the reason I want to go back to the the allocating your points thing is some guys are saying well they want to try and get as many people to use as many points as they can so that helps with the bottleneck. I understand that. Here's I my question to those folks, and you can tell me, Mike, what you think is if we do that, all those middle of the road tags, those no man lag yeah. land ta- tags. Um, are those going to jump? Because in my opinion, if you have a bunch of guys like, well, I have 16 points, I can get this really good tag or pretty darn good tag twice back-to-back, or I could go to Mount Emily once. Yeah. I think <clears throat> I think what would happen is the people that are in that four- or five-year range from drawing that big one, yeah, they're probably going to hold on to that. The guys that are like 10 years out are like, look – I could draw two pretty r- good tags. Yeah. 
And, and I, honestly, the way it's going when you start seeing results or as far as success rates and bulls that are coming out of some of the units, if you put in the work, there's a lot of other units that are sleeper units. Oh, yeah. That you don't have to be a Winnaha or a Sled Springs or a, a, or a, a Mount Emily to get some of those bulls. The biggest bull I've ever seen was not in a big three tag. Right. In, a, in one of those units, you know. Yeah. So they're out there. Are they in the numbers of those tags? No. But I think that you could definitely... In two to three years of drawing those middle of the road tags, you would have just as good of chance as one season. Twenty five years it took you to draw a Winnaha, and you get one chance. Agreed. Well, and you and could hunt a really good one two or three times. Are maybe. you going to treat that middle of the road tag like you would Mount Emily? Are you going to com- commit to it that hard? That's that's where I think a lot of guys are thinking maybe about what tag too much versus how much effort they're really going to put into it. Because I guarantee you, if I drew a Mount Emily tag, I'm taking off as much time as I need to hunt that tag to where I feel good about it. Yeah. But general season, I'm just going when I can go. I'm not treating it like a Mount Emily tag. Yep. But if you treated that general season tag like a Mount Emily tag, you'd probably be just as successful. Probably not the quality of bull, obviously. Yeah. But... Um, there's got to be some sort of trade-off there because I, yeah, you know, we we've had uh, like there's a really well-known tag Snake River. I'll throw that out there because I don't think I'll get shot for that one. But Snake River rifles been gaining in popularity, and, and especially if you can backpack horses in there, and yeah. that's really the only way I would hunt it. Um, that's a good tag. It's a six seven-year tag now. Um, it was probably four points five years ago. Yeah. I mean it's grew it's grown. Um, the tag that I like for deer is doubled. Actually, it tripled in the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> the other the other thing people don't realize is what if you wait 25 years to get that big tag and then there's a fire that year? Yeah. Or you wait that 25 years and there's a big winter die-off. Or wolves. Or there's wolves. Or just whatever yeah. natural disasters seem to happen. And I know that's my luck. There's some there's some muzzleloader tags that I've looked into hunting, putting in. They take about four or five years maybe to draw. And they're like, those tags are awesome. If you get some snow, there's going to be bucks. And I'm like, yeah, but knowing my luck, I'm going to draw that tag, and it's going to be a drought. And the bucks are going to be spread from heck to breakfast, and you're never going to find them. Right. And so you run into that, too. I was like, do I really want to take 25 years or 20 years, whatever it takes to get one of those big three tags, and then hunt so hard? And I've always told myself if I was to draw one of those tags, that's my one time that I'm going to really trophy hunt. I would feel okay going home with nothing, knowing that I tried as hard as I could to shoot the biggest bull I could on the tag that I had. As far as, like you said, some of the other ones, you're like, mm, I got yeah. 30 days, I'll kind of like, when I got time, you don't treat it nearly the same. Right. But you're, you're still in that, like, would I want to put all my eggs into one basket or spread those out over, I got two or three chances on a really good tag, not maybe the quote-unquote best tag in Oregon, but even that quote-unquote quote best tag in Oregon, you still have the the unknown of what's that season going to be like. Yeah. You know, maybe you got a really, really, really dry spring and just horn growth wasn't that good. Or the winter before was bad. And then now that big, big unit that's so cool is just like every other unit in Oregon. And I think that there's a lot of people don't really realize that it, when it all boils down to it, you're still hunting. Right. There, you draw Winnaha, you draw Sled Springs, you draw... Mount Emily, that doesn't mean that you're guaranteed 400-inch bull. And I think that people have that pipe dream that that's what it's going to be like. <laughs> right. And then, then they get their sandwich handed to them when they get there right. because 
you still got to work hard. It's big country, and it's hard work. Well, my, my thing is is if I got one of those premium tags, first of all, I'm, I'm the type of guy that if I get one of those tags, I'm probably going to put too much pressure on myself to shoot a yeah, giant because the pressure of the tag. You know, they talk about the pressure of the tag oh, yeah. That's taking the fun out of Phelps it. Phelps was talking about that when he drew the yeah. tag. He was like, oh, man, I had so much pressure. <laughs> well, and you went on that bighorn hunt this year yeah. with your buddy, and yeah. You talk about pressure. I've been on one in my life, and, and the amount of pressure that my brother was under to get it done yeah. on, on a certain sheep, it almost you could just almost see it sucking the life out of him. Like yeah, it was you just, have this expectation of this is a once-in-a-lifetime, you know, everybody wants to come out yeah. with the biggest animal in the unit. Right. Realistically, there may be one person that's lucky that has that happen, but, you know, on that sheep hunt, there was a handful of people floating that river trying to get sheep done. Really? And... Not everybody can kill the biggest one in the unit. Some people are happy to shoot any sheep. I'd be thrilled with any sheep. But, yeah, there was a lot of pressure of, like, well, i got to shoot this big, you know. And you go to the sheep meeting beforehand, and it was, this is what you should expect. Don't shoot anything of this size. You need to be shooting this big or better. And then you talk to another guy, and they're like, no, 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 no. There's way (laughs) bigger than that. You know, if you hold out, you can shoot. So the tricky part on the river hunt was – you don't have the option of passing up and then floating back upstream to go shoot that one that you passed up that you know where he's at. Right. Once you pass him up, you're, the choice has been made. Like, that one gets to live. We're going to go down and find another one. That would be stressful. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty sure that there was a bigger ram that we may have been able to shoot that was up higher on the river. We're still perfectly happy with the ram we ended up getting. But it's that's the gamble you take, you know. Day two on a five, six-day float, Yo, man. you see a ram that's like eh, kind of borderline, not just standout monster. You're rubbing the trigger, and you're getting ready to shoot, and it's like, man, I really want to shoot him, but I got 40 miles worth of river to float yet. I'd have never, I, I, I don't, you never know what's around the next corner. Right. It was, that's, that was the hard part about that hunt was man. not knowing what was to come. And none of us had ever floated that river before. In, uh, we are, should have. Were you guys shooting rock or rocky or desert? They were California Rams. California Rams? Okay, so like a 150 would be a pretty good Ram, 155. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, everybody, everybody's got the dream of, like, I'm going to break 180 on it. And <sighs> I'm going to 170, 160, any of those. And, you know, when you see a 140-inch Ram. <laughs> like, that's pretty good looking. Man, he looks <laughs> thick. Like, that's a good looking Ram, yeah. you know. He's... There's the little banana curl, thin horned, and then yeah. you got also once you get one that's that's mature, and if you rams are hard, like if you don't know what you're looking at, and I'm not saying by by any means that I'm an expert, but if you don't know how to field judge, it that can be bad quick. Oh, it can go real bad real yeah. quick. I think uh, I think Gavin's was right at 150, and he shot one of the bigger rams on the mountain that year. Yeah, the biggest one got away, um, and it was about a 157, 158. We thought. Um, and I'm sure he was, every bit of it. And they shot the one that was 150 and I think 151 or 152 because yeah. there was two of them. Yeah, I, I honestly can't. I know Garrett told me what his Ram scored or what they scored it when they when they checked it in as uh-huh. OFW. He told me, and I remember him thinking that he, was, he had scored it himself and he thought that it was in the ballpark. But somewhat I, fe- I got the feeling from him that he was kind of disappointed on the score just because he thought maybe it was a little bit bigger. Yeah. In reality, like – the trip was one that we will never forget. Oh like, yeah, it, the the hunt was awesome, and I think he's going to get a full body mount. It's going to look cool. Oh and really? Was, and it was a big ram. I mean, it was a nice ram. Was it the biggest one in the whole unit? I don't know. The ram that we saw that might have been bigger that you know in the video we have film of him. But even then, like I 
looking back is when I kind of decided maybe that ram was bigger only because I was like fine tooth comb over the footage of him. And you're looking at it and looking at it. But like I said, that was day two. We still got 40 miles of river to go. Yeah. How do you, how do you shoot that ram and then come around the corner <laughs> and there's your 170 ram of a lifetime. <laughs> and you're like, oh, gosh. 170-inch California would be a freaking toad. They're they're yeah. they're in there. Are they really? They're yeah. In there. Well, in the unit my brother had, they weren't. <laughs> yeah. The biggest one I think was the one he missed. And, they, and well, <laughs> I should say, historically there has been that size. That in size. There. Whether okay. they were there that year or not, I'm not yeah. sure. That would be a giant because uh, I don't think there was one over 160 on Heart Mountain, and I'd be hard pressed to anybody to argue that because I really don't think there was anything bigger than 160. But um, yeah. Yeah, so back, kind of back to the draws and stuff. Um, I think, I think this idea, and, and I'm on the fence about it, about the tag allocation or point allocation, because yeah. I think that's going to jump up the middle of the road tags, and now you're going to get your point creep on those, even though it may slow the higher tags up. Because if you have a gun, bunch of guys that are bailing ship on those because they're tired of waiting, yeah, I think it's going to. Some of these middle of the road, lesser it, middle of the road, they're going to jump. I could see it getting rid of some of the point creep, where then. That four-year wait, I'm four years out, I'm four years out, may turn into two years because there's a handful of guys that are like, ah, it's not worth it anymore, I don't care, and I'm going to jump ship. Right. Um, it could It could be, it would be interesting. I, I, it, it wouldn't affect me one way or the other because I'm not <laughs> a guy with the points that would affect, but right. um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it that way. It would be really cool to be able to have that option to allocate some points towards something. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I've always been curious about is – what if Oregon was to just say, okay, there's enough complaints about point creep. We're doing away with preference points. This is just in imaginary land. Going right like now. an Idaho. So we just said, we're not doing point, points anymore. How would they handle, if they were to do that, how would they handle the guys that were sitting mm. on 18 points? I've thought about that. That yeah. are going to like lose their minds. They're, you tell me I'm 18 years into this, and now yeah. you're going to take all those away and put me in the pool with everybody? Yeah. And the only way that I can think that if they were to do that was to reward some of those guys with a certain amount, and you'd ha you'd have to step into it. I think of the guys over a certain amount of points would be allowed to stay towards what they wanted. Anybody in that no man's land would have some sort of allocation option, and anybody that's like less than ten is like, yeah, sorry, we're <laughs> we're going away with them. So you you you're you're touching my my philosophy that I've been flirting with for the last year. I've really since they changed the spring bear to mm -hmm. a, to a draw, I've put a lot of thought in. I'm like, well, well how could we make this better? Because now yeah. um, I, I follow Wayne from the Borac um, on Instagram and Facebook and stuff, and he's got some ideas, and, and this tag allocation idea, point allocation came from him. Yeah. And another one where um, I've been talking about quotas since before they went to the draw, he's now promoting quotas, which I think is awesome. I hope he gets traction with that one more than the tag allocation one or the point allocation okay. one. But I, I think the solution here, and I'd really like to, to hear some people's thoughts on this, is you, I think you're right. I think you're going to piss a lot of guys off that maybe have yeah. 15, 18 points, and then you're like, yeah, well, now we're going to a draw, like a random, random, completely random draw. No points, I think, no nothing. I think that there would be the very, very few people that would understand, hey, we're going to go to a better system so it's better in the long run. They're going to be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I got 18 points. I'm vested in this. We're... Proof, Why now? Proof positive in the uh, buck hunt that is hidden inside the doe hunts for the uh, Columbia, whatever that's called. I won't say the name of it out of respect for guys that have that tag. But you got people with 23 doe points trying to draw a 
giant buck tag. It's an any deer tag. Yeah. Um, on the northern end of Oregon, and that tag was going to be slated. It was slated to be deleted, but you had the guys that had twenty something dope yeah. points saying, "This is the one where we're talking like." You'll kill the next two. state record may come from this place. Yes, gotcha. yeah, yeah. You have a good chance of killing two hundred inch buck. Yeah, and uh, you can do it. They're with, there. You can't do it with a rifle. You can do it with a shotgun or a bow. Yep. Um, and that should be enough hints for you. But and, and I, I've been one of those guys. I've got I think four doe points because I'm like, might as well start when you know yeah. now. And um, do I think it should be in there? No. Would would it suck to those guys? Absolutely. But yeah. it's. I mean, it's it's a loophole in, in the yep. tag system. But those guys were so pissed off that had 20-something points, they did not delete that tag. It's still there. Well, that says something. That's good that, that they listened. That they listened. Yeah. Exactly. But that's proven what you're saying right. My it's, solution. They, would, they get cranky when it's like, man, I've oh, got some Rightfully so. Those points replic- are, are, are years. Yes. <laughs> right? 23 that's years. 23 years. I've drawn I would no be elk tags. Too. I want an elk tag. Oh, and now yeah. you're going to take that away from me? Like. And now I'm just thrown in the pot with yeah. everybody. That so would be frustrating. Elaborating off of your idea, my idea has been in the next five years, we're going, like you announce it, you got five years to use your points. If you're a guy with 18 points, by the time you've got 23, you're probably drawn what you want. That There's not a lot of tags. I can't think of anything that you're not guaranteed with 23. Yeah. Um, if you don't think you're going to get that, then you take the allocation. Yeah, take the option. allocation. And that's where that idea might come in handy. And then you say in five years, we're going to this. And we're going to turn it into a raffle system to where any of those points are now turned into an extra raffle in that drawing. Gotcha. So there's no points. Every year you don't draw, you put another ticket in the raffle. So the more unsuccessful you are, the better your odds get. I think that's kind of a cool idea. There would be literally no bottlenecks. Mm -hmm. Literally. You would just have a worse and worse odds with the better tag you get, but you also have better odds every year if you don't draw. Gotcha. Kind of and a cool idea. I, I really like that idea. Uh, it's si- similar to um, – now, I've, I've been told. I, I honestly don't know, but I've been told that New Mexico runs theirs where everybody that's a resident is guaranteed a tag because they just – they're worried about, well, the guys in Eastern Oregon. Right. They – that Here sucks I am. To I live in Eastern Oregon, Oregon and I hunt. don't get a tag where I live, <laughs> and sucks. I have to go west if I want to hunt west. You know, want to hunt general season. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard that New Mexico, because like I said, I'm I, I don't hunt a whole lot of out of state, so I am of the mindset of why research something that I can't afford, and then I would buy <laughs> something that I can't afford and get myself in the hole. So once I can afford it, then I'll start researching and figure out what I need to do. That's where, that's where I'm at. Same with camera equipment, anything. I don't, even, I don't even buy anything. I don't even search. I don't shop until I can afford. So I've heard that New Mexico does a system like this where kind of like how we have those premium, ta- premium tags. Yep. That's a whole separate draw. You basically, you're going to, hey, we have section one, section two, section three. Section one are like the big three tags. Okay. Section two is kind of your middle of the road. Maybe uh, um, Murder's Creek, we use that for an example. It's a four or five year draw in that area. For rifle. For rifle. Yep. And then you'll have your section three tags. So section one, big bull tag. Section two, decent four to eight years draw somewhere in there. And then you'll have your section one, which would be basically a general season tag. And you put your choice for section one, put your choice for section two, put your choice for section three. You're guaranteed to get a tag in one of those things. And obviously your odds go up as you go 
in the lesser value tags, and the odds go down as you get the bigger tags. Makes sense. But everybody in the state's guaranteed to get a tag that way. Makes sense. And it gets rid of all the points, and it's like a, just a random, it's a lottery for each one. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know exactly how that would Im implement, but I like the idea of everybody's guaranteed to get one. Everybody's guaranteed to have a tag. Even well, if the tag is... Tag yeah. system one is basically a general season. Right, right, right. right. So everybody in Oregon has been an opportunity state when we could be an extremely yes. well-managed state. It's, yes. it's, it's silly when you can hop across the border, go into Boise, and then basically general season you're hunting a six-year six tag yeah. over the counter. Yeah. It, it's, it is really silly. Mm -hmm. And those are <coughs> – the weather is, isn't that much different. The, no. The, the herd's pretty much the same. They had a hard winter the same year we had a hard winter. Yeah, you start looking at historical pictures of the bucks and bulls that Oregon used to produce. Yeah. It's it, what has changed. Right. They became That's my big question. And you could get down the rabbit hole real deep into what's happened and why and mismanagement and wolves or whatever you want to blame. Right. Um, I think it's a honestly a combination of a whole lot of things. It's not one thing that you can point your finger on for sure and be like, it's because in 1972 they started doing doe tags. Now right. you know <laughs> everybody's got their theory, but I think it's a combination. Well, they are they are talking about combining units and reducing tags and making um, some of the Eastern Oregon putting Eastern Oregon units on a rotation. Yeah, um, I, I I like that idea. I like the idea I of mind mixing it up of the just. I think we need to try something. Yeah, I think we need to try actually not hunting for a year or two over near Malheur. Yes. <laughs> yep. They, yep. They reduced it 35 years after, what, the 2016 winter. I think it was the 2016 winter. It might have been the 2018 winter. Um, they reduced the tags by 35% in Malheur. Okay. They needed a great move. Lost a little bit of revenue, I understand. Yeah. But the hunting was so bad, and there were so many dead deer. Talk to the locals driving Highway 20 from there to yep. Gentura, you'd see 150, 200 deer dead that weren't hit by cars but starved to death or literally winter kill because yeah. they, couldn't, they couldn't drink or eat. You need to do something where let's. I, everybody I talked to is like, yeah, we shouldn't be hunting this unit right now, but we've been coming here for 40 years. Okay, I get it. But we need, I, to, be, we need I, to be more conscious. I could see how it would be upsetting to some guys. I, you know, everybody's going to be, no matter what changes, there's going to be the guy that's going to be the dissenter that's going to be like, this is not good, you know, yeah. argue with what, whatever. You could shower them in $100 bills and they're going to complain because they're <laughs> wet. Like, it doesn't matter. Somebody's going to complain. But I, I could see how, what would you rather do? Would you rather draw that tag knowing that the hunting is not going to be as good as it once was? Or, hey, we have to wait every second or third year to apply for that tag knowing that the quality of what's in this unit is a whole lot better. Yeah, like that's a tough one because then you're you're making the decision for people that that maybe not not that aren't worried about the quality of the animal. They're just worried about the meat. You're making that decision for them if they live there. Okay. Yeah, um, I can see. But you're, the you're the dissenter right now. You can, <laughs> you're a meat hunter. I want to get some meat. Yeah. Gotcha. If I'm your meat hunter, but then there's also opportunities. But if I live in Burns, I have to drive five hours six hours to, hunt to general go hunt season, general season yes. and that would suck mm -hmm. which is why if you live in eastern oregon you should be a bow hunter <laughs> <laughs> i think that that has that has a very valid valid argument there but uh so what are your plans for bear this year because right now i saw the numbers and i was dying to see the numbers uh from the first ever spring bear draw draw for uh, southwest is for southwest yes. yeah and they had just over 4,000 first-choice applicants. Okay. 
that means just under 400 drew second choice. We talked to one of the gentlemen today that drew at second choice. My buddy Wes uh, <laughs> was not one of those lucky people, Wes from Bro. Uh, <laughs> so I'm pretty yeah. sure he's doing probably yeah. first choice this year. I, I know people <laughs> that drew with second choice, and I know people that did not draw with second choice. Um, actually, Charlie, my partner here at the Hunt Tag, his dad was asking me, like, what should I do? And I was like, well, if you put in for second choice, <laughs> you may have the option. Then you don't burn your points, right. and you could still go for that blues bear tag or whatever else you're trying to get. But you also run the risk of getting no bear tag. Right. I have never once ever in my life put in for anything except for where I'm from, and that's Southwest. And so it has always just been over the counter. So for me, it was just easy. Like, I, that's where I hunt. Like, I guess. I think now that my daughter's earning points, by the time she has enough when with the mentored youth and all that, that she'll have enough to draw that, that blues tag. That'd be cool. And so I think that we're going to try to get that one. And then as soon as she draws that one, she'll be like, hey, cool, that was fun. Now we're going to go southwest because that's where I'm from. That's where I hunt. That's where I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, I'm just one of those guys that I really have no desire to go hunt over there because I know where there's bears over here. Right. You know, there's good bears there there's good bears here there's good bears across and for me it's more the experience just to see something different yeah but uh as far as if i'm just trying to get a bear i just it's a big long trip over there for a bear it is and i I was talking to somebody that was putting in for and i've shot plenty of bears so it's like i don't really need to shoot one (laughs) that bad to go all the way across the state clear over into there and beat the snow drifts and hike up into super high right. backcountry for a bear when I'm like, mm, I could just go where I'm from and shoot one. Yeah, I'm into bear hunting, but I'm not into driving across the state for one. Because no. then, really, honestly, no. and, and to put it blatantly, you're hunting the country because it's beautiful country. Yes. You're, it's, more of, it's more of a hunt. It's more of an experience. Yep. Over here, you're driving and glassing and maybe walking to a unit. Over there, it's, it's a legit yep. hunt. I mean, not that hunting over here isn't legit. It's just it's more of a commitment yeah. over there. I mean, you're not going to drive... Uh, you drink sodas and drive around, eat Twinkies, and glass off a few landings and find a bear over there. Yeah. It's a little and different. I And there's ways to not hunt Southwest <laughs> that way. There, <laughs> there is. Um, <laughs> but both have their, their perks. I mean, there is something relaxing about spending some time just cruising logging roads. Oh, absolutely. In That's the, in the Southwest you know, and just cruise around. Yeah. Hang out with your buddy. Have some have some hangout talk time. And you're just, just seeing some country, exploring and me and my buddy Taylor, we used to use it as we would explore so much stuff, and it was kind of like if we shoot a bear, we shoot a bear. If not, yep. It, oh well, I guess it's just a it's just a bear. Like if you shoot one, it's like oh now we got a bunch of work to do. And I guess maybe I'm just a a shed horn rat, rack antler nerd. Yeah, you are. Since bears don't have horns. I'm not that excited <laughs> about them, um, but I do have success with bears and i think they're a lot of fun to hunt but for me i had to church up the hunt a little bit where it wasn't just driving around and doing the landing and the glassing and i didn't want to do the the long range rifle thing and part of that is also with my ragged ridge channel like it's way better for me to get footage if i'm trying to pull it off with archery yeah and so i started just doing the archery gig and i started going into places where i could sneak in on them Mm. and we're doing camp trips and we're we're hiking in, we're camping, and we're hunting bears backcountry-ish as best we can get. That would be fun. I've, I've tried the last two years. I brought my bow with me, and, and um, I'm not one of those guys that if I see a big bear, I'm just grabbing the rifle. Like, if there's any way for me to kill it with the bow, yeah. that's where my head's at. And so, but having said that, I always have my gun on my rig, and uh, I didn't see one. I, I might have saw one bear last year that was over 300, 
and I saw maybe three out of the 25 or 26 that I saw, I forget what it is, that were over two. I saw 120-pound bears almost yeah. – uh, my average is probably 120 pounds last yeah. year. So I, I didn't end up pulling the trigger last spring. Oh, um, when I'm rifle hunting, my size that I'm going to shoot goes way up. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not shooting at that bear with my rifle unless it's something that's really worth the work to go get that thing. Yeah. If I would just wanted a bear and I just was just meat hunting for the bear, to me that's not really that hard if you put in any kind of effort, honestly. That's just maybe I'm braggadocious, but I'm like, if you just glass enough clear cuts in the evening, you're going to see some bears. Yeah, you're going to see Do some. Do some work, find some green grass, find some water, find some big timber, sit there on the evening, pre-scout, look for a clear cut that's like, Yep, that stump is torn up. There's a bear using that clear cut. I'm going to sit here till dark. <laughs> there he is. About that simple it is. It Honestly, I mean, if yeah. you put any kind of research into how to find them, you will find them. You don't really have to look that hard. Now, when I'm archery hunting, my size that I'm willing to shoot goes <laughs> way down. Because as soon as I'm like, shoot, that thing's in range, I'm going to get him. Yeah, yeah. You know? There was and two last year where I was so like... So I guess technically, Ugh. as a bear hunter, as an archery bear hunter, I'm I'm the meat hunter. What's, what's your size range on an archery bear? As long as it's... Mine's uh, 150 or more. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> That's pretty small. <laughs> if, if I made... If I shot a bear and all I could do was make a pillowcase out of his hide, then he's too small. <laughs> he's too small. As long as I could have a decent-sized rug. You know, I've never even done a rug or anything. like. But as long as it's like... If I have to take it apart to get it out of the woods, then that's good enough for me. But if I can just hold him up by his front paws while my buddy guts him, yeah, then that's sad. It, that's <laughs> not. not I've, good. I've done the little bear thing before, thinking it was a bigger bear, and oh yeah, never I, if again. I, if I, I said I, I haven't, it. I would be lying. My very first bear was like, "Look at that thing! Oh man, it's awesome!" And I shot him, and we got down to it, and I was like, "Where'd my bear go? This isn't him." Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It's. It, I just feel. Like, I felt like a piece of shit when I did that. To, um, it was my second bear, and I was like, God, I'm just gonna take this, take my ball, my bat, and go home. You know, like yep. I'm done. Yep. And I just never again. And I, I yeah. just completely. After, mis- after I did that, I just was like, yep. okay, I'm gonna figure out. Yeah. I'm gonna figure it out so this doesn't happen again. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy, and that's where kind of the archery thing comes in. Come, comes in. It's a whole lot easier to <laughs> judge them when they're 40 yards away. Than they are at 600 yards yeah. or however far you're willing to shoot with a rifle, you know. And then you can start watching body language. And and I learn I I get more of how big that bear is from watching how they move than trying to be like, well, what's he next to? That stump's got to be this big, so his head's got to be this big. He's that long. I just like you start watching him. And a little bear is like a hyper teenager. They're just chop 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 chop. <laughs> they're moving. They're moving. They really look like they're eating something as fast as they can because they're like nervous that something bigger is going to come out there and get them Mm -hmm. that's kind of how they act the big bear comes out there just like yep this is my spot along (laughs) i'm gonna sit down and they just look big fat and lazy and then they eat 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 and once they've eaten all the grass around this is springtime you know eat all the grass around them then they kind of like yawn and they just look like they they act (laughs) like they own the place you know and so the body language is where you can just kind of tell how you can tell how a bear comes out of the clear, out of the timber into the clear cut. If they come out timid, kind of like, what's out here? He's probably not the big dog on the hill. Yeah. If they walk out like, here I am, yeah. you know, got my <laughs> Superman cape on, everybody get a good look, I'm the guy, then it's probably the guy on the hill. You know, he's That's the big bear. That's a good bear. point. 
Yeah, mine, mine this year, I had a couple little guys, and we're talking like 100-pounders, and it was like one of them I could have shot at 60 yards pretty easily. And it was like, man, it's just too small. Like, yeah. I, and that's, you know, 150 pounds is pretty average, minus last year for me. Should be a pretty average size bear for a bow, and I almost got it done. But um, I, I got actually more kick taking other folks out and watch them shoot bears. Yeah. You know? and Yeah. I, we, me and my daughter, last year she was nine, so she got to hunt the mentored youth program. And so um, I took her out, and I was going to let her fill my tag. And we saw a bear, and Trent from Born and Raised, he gave me a bad time because he's like, you let her shoot it, right? You didn't, you didn't, you weren't trophy hunting, like, you let her shoot it. And I was like, no, like, actually, I didn't. And it turned out, like, honestly, there's a really good story. Part of the reason was she was going to be shooting a friend's rifle that was a custom rifle oh. with a super light trigger that she had never shot, and it was like 600 yards. You're asking so, for a Yeah, Easton's mistake. looking at it like, Dad, any bear is better than no bear. I'm like, mm, <laughs> I promise you're going to get over there and you're not going to be thrilled with that. Oh, no, no. I just want, She just wanted to get one so bad. And uh, so there was the rifle issue. Is like, I, you know, she'd never shot that rifle. But then the coolest part of it was when she came back to school, she had taken some days off of school to go. So when she comes back to class, her classmates were like, did you get one? Hey, did you get one? You know, you went bear hunting. Did you get one? And for her to be able to tell the story to her classmates, and this is, I live in Portland area now, so there's, yeah, we're not like rural where we get deer season off to go hunting, you know. This is, there's a lot of people that aren't hunters. And so for her to be able to come back to class and be like, no, we saw, we saw some, we saw one, but it wasn't what we wanted to take. And they're kind of looking at her like, <laughs> I thought hunters were just out there blasting the first thing they see. And she was like, no. No, like we were, you know, it wasn't what we wanted to shoot. It wasn't the, that was cool for her to be able to have that experience and to be able to convey that to some of the other younger kids that were like, oh, cool. So you were, you were kind of picking and choosy with what you were. I thought you guys just shot everything, you know, mm. and if you didn't see a deer to shoot you didn't, or a bear to shoot, you just shot the signs and threw your beer cans out. Like that stereotype is definitely still out there and strong. That's a really good point. I never even thought of that. Yeah. Um, and so it was really cool for her to come home, and she's like, they were asking me if I shot one, and I had to explain to them, no, well, we saw some, but it wasn't what we wanted to shoot. And her, Well, she's she's the coolest kid ever, so <laughs> I was like. She had a good year last year. Oh, she did. She shot it. What did she shoot? Easton, what did you shoot last year? What did you shoot last year? A buck? And a, and a bull? Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah, I did a lot of glorified bow hiking and shot nothing. <laughs> Luckily, there's a, a nine-year-old girl in my family that can kill stuff, so we ate good this winter. I, I, I am a firm believer that girls are naturally better shots than boys. She's awesome. Because they have no ego. They just just shut up and let me take my time. And that was just, when, I, when, I was, when I was a guide back in the day, I would any day of the week I'd rather have a female client because they just listen and they do what they say, what you tell them, them to do. They just they absorb and they, they're better at learning and following directions and you get a, a male client, <laughs> they want to guide the guide every single time. Oh, yeah. Tell you what they know. This is what we should do, and you're <laughs> wrong, and this and that. And the girls are just like, cool, that sure, sounds yeah, good. You're that. the guide. Yeah. That simple. <laughs> and testosterone can be a real yeah. bad word sometimes. <laughs> yeah, she had, a, she, had a, she had a really good season. She, uh, she missed a buck early. Hmm. Um, she killed a good buck, too. She killed a nice buck. The yeah. buck that she missed the, the earlier that day. Was bigger. Really? Um, she shot, 
took her a little while to shoot. She's just an awesome shot for targets, but when she got in there, it takes her a little while, and the heart rate's going, and she'd pull down on the rifle, <laughs> and then, okay, okay, and she'd step back from the rifle, and then she'd crawl <laughs> back in, okay, I'm ready, and then just take a breath, and I'm sitting there, and this buck is, I'm, no joke, it's probably 131. I mean, it's no, a, really? a dandy buck, oh. a big buck. <laughs> just big double white throat patch, just like standing over there at 200 yards looking at us. Really? Like, this buck needs to die. This buck needs to die. Just be patient. You know, <laughs> this is your daughter's first time. She's only nine. Like Touche for you because my dad would have been, shoot, shoot, shoot it. So, <laughs> so she shoots. I kid you not. She shoots, and she turns to me and instantly just like tears just start rolling down her oh. face. And she's like, that was so awesome <laughs> and the buck's just standing there and so i say well it can be awesome again because it's still standing there <laughs> and she's like wipes the tears off uh. her eyes and she's like oh really like i missed and i'm like it's okay i missed my first buck if i was honest i i've actually missed the last three bucks that i've shot like it's okay everybody misses right. anybody that says they don't miss hasn't hunted long enough. yeah right right and she's like okay but then to her for her to pull it back together after going from this the roller coaster the highs and the lows and she was just like oh my gosh you know just tears to get back and shoot yeah. again she just struggled to get back into the gun so since it was my wife's tag she was there i said hey do you want to uh do you want your mom to shoot this buck part of that was the trophy hunter in me that's like that deer's giant it needs to die <laughs> yeah. so i was like do you want your mom to shoot this buck and she's like yeah and i was like all right you go tell her she comes back my wife's like I feel bad, like she's worked so hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'd be like, okay, that buck needs to die. Yeah. You guys need to figure it out. Yeah, I was real like, quick. <laughs> between you guys, you girls need to figure out who's going to shoot this deer because that's a giant. <laughs> so then my wife shoots, misses, and my uh, wife does not miss. Was the gun off? Just <laughs> you doped it wrong. <laughs> so my wife shoots again and misses, uh -oh. and I think she shot a third time. And both times I'm watching, and dirt's flying in the exact same spot but it's not where the deer's standing and the buck's just standing there i'm like this would never if it was me and you hunting <laughs> that would not happen the buck would be like hey there's opsia oh yeah gone right but the girls are over there and it's just like here i am how's it going scott uh so finally i'm like okay it's got to be the gun the buck finally like wanders off we end up sighting the gun in and Easton was, like, kind of down in the dumps. Hey, it was my fault. I missed. I know Dad put so much <laughs> faith in me to be such a good hunter, and I missed. And then we, we sighted the gun in, and I'd already decided in my brain, even if the gun's dead on, I'm telling her that it was off <laughs> just to boost her confidence, uh -huh. you know. And then, sure enough, the gun was off. And I'm like, we just sighted that gun in. Like, just got bumped somehow. It just it happens, you know. And so... Once I tell her the gun's back on, all of a sudden it was just like chest puff. Oh, man, <laughs> the confidence came back, and the, huh. the, all the spirits in her face came back, and she was ready to go, and we ended up seeing a buck that evening, and just she Got shot it. one shot and alive, alive, dead, and there man. it was. And she, Oh, man, it was – of all the things I've ever killed, I mean, I – would trade every single one of those in times 10 for that moment when really? she got her buck. It was the coolest thing ever, <laughs> the coolest thing. I mean, I'm – I'm trying to hold back tears. I'm so <laughs> proud of her, and she's holding them back, and we're hugging them. My wife's there, and it was really cool. It was really cool. It was an awesome time. And then when she shot her bull, that was like, well, I've been here before. Like, I've killed a deer, and now she's got this little cockiness yeah. to herself. Like, a bull's easy. They're bigger, Dad. Like, I can hit that thing. And she shot it, and it, same thing. Just Really flopped it. Well, it walked behind some trees, and 
it did, it it shot and it stood there and it didn't act, it didn't react one bit. Just stood there, hmm. took two steps, and it was behind the big clump of trees where we couldn't see it. And pretty soon my my buddy that was up the hill, he comes just like walking down with his son. And so I'm like, Easton, they must see something that we don't see, or else there'd be no reason why they'd just start walking down in full view of the of the same elk that we're looking at. Uh-huh. And he comes down there, and he's like, yeah, you you killed it like it's dead. <laughs> I'm like, we didn't see it fall down. And it had took two steps and fell into a big root wad hole. Oh. <laughs> and so it just, like, went into vanish land, and we couldn't we couldn't see it. But they saw it, had a really good view of it. And That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, it was a good, good deal. And she got a spike bullet. It was a, any, any legal horn. She's looking at it, and she's like, Dad, I don't see horns. And I'm like. They're not very big, kid, but you just got to trust me. <laughs> they're, they're there. They're there. And yeah, it's, it's literally got like little three or four inch little spikes on them. He's a, the best eating elk I've ever had. Though. Oh, I'm sure. A little toe head. Yep, yep. But, uh, you know, we, I took Cody uh, Dunlap out this year. Did you hear about the shenanigan out there? Uh, the a little bit. Cody Cody messaged, he, uh, he texted me, and he called me on the way back. He actually <laughs> saw my truck. I was driving south, and he was driving north on the way back one time, and he's like, hey, I just saw your pickup. And so he called me, and I'm like, I had already talked to you, so immediately I start razzing him a little bit, like, uh-huh. what's going on, man? So, but the exact story, not full <laughs> details yet. So, okay, well, go he, ahead. he brings his fancy long gun over there, and, and I'm like, oh, okay, 600 yards, 700 yards. Does he own yards. anything that isn't fancy? <laughs> I don't think I so. I think he is just fancy. <laughs> he's a very fancy 17 yes, year old. Yes, he is. Um, but he's got good taste. He's always got to tell me about how his truck is fancier than my truck. <laughs> well, he brings, he brings the long gun down, and, and, um, I don't. I think to to his defense, it was his dad's. I think, and he hadn't practiced with it that much. But so we'll just throw Chris under the bus. We'll just throw Chris under the bus <laughs> on this one. And uh, the gun was off. Something was off about the gun. Wasn't shooting. And then uh, we didn't know that until we missed about 120, 125 inch four point. And uh, slam dunk broad. You know, just I yeah. got it. I got it all on video. <laughs> so yeah, I remember you showed me. A, I think I saw a clip of it, and I was like. That's, that's a good buck. That's not the buck you want to miss. No. I mean, it was a solid 120-inch four-point. Solid. And uh, long story short, we're, we were just laying it on him. I felt bad. We probably shouldn't have laid it on him so bad. But laying it on him, like, oh, my gosh. He's not here to gosh. defend himself, so we got to. Oh, my God. That was such a nice buck, Cody. Oh, my God. There you go. I hadn't yeah. seen one. I, you know, it's just going off. And and <laughs> he's got me and Anthony just laying into him. and. And then I'm like, I got the gun at home that would have laid the smack down <laughs> on that buck. And then, uh, so I'm talking up my 308 VTR and yeah, and uh, kill everything under the moon with it. And never oh, you had got a you got a, the varmint tactical rifle. Oh, I've had it for years. The little, the triangle, triangle, yeah. Dude, those were cool. Dude, they are sm- those were smoking cool. Smoking accurate guns. The most accurate gun that when I was guiding in Colorado that we had a client come. The most accurate client rifle gun that we brought was one of those. Was, was it like, really? Dude, this thing's sweet. <laughs> it pounds. And oh, for it a 750 dollar rifle. They're, not, a not slick, the first, li- they're a I, slick little deal. I think in 2012, I think I've talked about this before, but the early runs of those had some intermittent accuracy problems because okay. the way the stock and the barrel were touching or something like that. And so I bought one, and it was one of the shitty ones, and I didn't know it. You just had to buy one and shoot it and find yeah. out. And then yeah. a couple years later, they fixed the issue, and then I'm like, it's a half MOA gun pretty, right pretty consistently, yeah. easily. Easy half MOA at 100, and then probably, you know, it loses a little bit. Yeah. My, the I don't client the that I had in Colorado that brought one out was a 308, and that's what I yeah, shot. He, he's like, you want to shoot it? And I was like, yes, I do. Dude, it's straight it up It was shoots. cool. It was really cool. So, well, you know the gun we're using. So, it's a good gun. I've shot stuff out to 1,100 yards with it with factory ammunition. Like, 
I'm not saying like I sprayed 1,100 round or you know 1,100 rounds at a thousand yards. You know, two or three shots and you're on target. Yeah. And that's because I suck at long range shooting in the wind. Uh, but so we have a good gun, and I told him anything out to 600, go ahead and, and dump it because mm-hmm. we've dumped an elk at 564, one shot, boom, uh, big cow, and uh, so it, it's it's plenty capable. Well, he takes it out there and he has this big, beautiful uh, whitetail buck jump up. I think he dusted 10 shots off at it, and so he calls me. He's like, "You're," I think he's like, "Your gun's off or something. Something's wrong." I'm like, "That gun ain't off. It ain't <laughs> you're off, just, Cody." You're, I'll tell you what. Bring it back. We'll go over to the buddy's ranch. We'll shoot some steel at a thousand. I'll show you how accurate that. Guy is. Just this talking is shit. this is back to the Colorado yeah. days. We'd have the clients <laughs> come in and they'd be like, they start with their excuses of why they missed or this and that, and it's just a funny saying that's always stuck <laughs> with me. The client or the the outfitter would always stop them in the middle of their their excuse, basically. And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> the crosshairs were not on the animal when the trigger is pulled. That's why you missed. <laughs> and he said it in a way that was like you just knew better than to argue with him because <laughs> oh man it's well, funny poor cody i think was making good shots on this white tail because that the parallax broke oh and so i didn't know until because we had that rifle on the uh, antelope hunt somewhere between the antelope hunt and, and cody's white tail hunt the parallax had broke on the vortex and sent it back in and and they fixed the vo- parallax now it's back on the vtr but I'm talking all this shit, and then so yeah. here comes. The, I told him he gave, he gave my gun the gun herpes, so <laughs> the gun herp. Whatever he was shooting or, or did to it's his contagious. gun, he did it to mine. Yeah, because I've never had a problem with that gun. I've had it for years. You and probably should have told him that he's the one that broke it. He probably Worked should. Fine yeah. with, when I had it last, <laughs> what'd you do to it? And uh, so we get another one of his dad's guns, and then so we're on gun three now. We're on gun three. No, no I think it's Cody's two forty three is what it was, and he, okay. and he makes a perfect shot on this. Little, uh, so now he's on his gun. high horse because it's his gun. Yeah. Chris's gun didn't work. Um, your gun didn't work. Shot, like, and now it's his gun. Yeah, dumps this deer offhand shot. And that's just what he needs. Even close to the truck. We didn't only had to pack <laughs> it, you know, 300 yards. Yeah. And uh, But <laughs> I just felt so bad because we're just laying into him. And then, I, you know, I, I've apologized probably 15 times for my gun being off. Yeah. But, you know, to back to Easton not using that one gun she wasn't familiar yeah. with. The 600-yard shot, which yeah. – for back a nine-year-old, yeah, b- for an, yeah, back when I started hunting, first thing she ever shot. Oh yeah, long. Three hundred yards is a bomb. Yeah, we could have killed a, a legit. I would say one forty-five, one fifty-inch four-point. We hunted him for three years. My first year, my brother found him. He was probably one fifty. Valley blacktail, giant. That's a giant. And uh, he ended up getting poached. But if we could have shot four fifty, five hundred, we could have dumped him every year. But we could never get close. Gotcha. And so you know, I wish we were back long range back then. We could have a giant giant blacktail but uh um you know that's just part of the game yep you know yep. yeah so it, it was it was it was a uh it's funny that trent was like you you didn't trophy hunt with her you you <laughs> let her shoot it didn't you and i was like no and he's like you didn't and he like gives me this evil look like <laughs> you terrible parent you and i was like there's more to the story it was, you know it wasn't a gun she'd never shot it was a big gun too i mean I can't remember the caliber was, but I mean, it's a big gun, and with the hair trigger, and he, yeah, we let her crawl inside of it and, and get ready. The trigger was so touchy that he, the guy who was that was letting us use it, was like, "You better make sure that that thing's sandbagged in, and the crosshairs are on there, because as soon as your finger gets close, it's going to go off." And I'm like, "That's too light for, for me. a nine-year-old." First yeah. I'm like, uh, "So I was real iffy, yeah, on a 600-yard shot that I know the gun could do." 
And I know that she could do it with the practice, but just never shooting the gun. All the, all the kids I've taken, I've, I've, I force them. And whether the deer walks off, that's fine. But I force them to dry fire yeah. two, three times. Cody yeah. dry fired a few times, you know, trying to get his breath under control. And he did a good job, you know. Um, but, you know, he was still heart beating, breathing hard. And, and just, I think his was a 500-yard shot, 550. That's a long shot. Yeah. For really, for you know anybody, that's a long shot. A lot yeah. of these guns nowadays are so capable. You know, for the gun, it's not. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I've had, I've lost more animals. I should say, not lost. I've missed more animals sh- shooting instead of just trying to get closer, trying to shoot them at 600, 700. Yeah. It's it's silly. Like Kim's Kim's buck, the bigger black tail I've ever killed, her first and only one, shot it at fourth eighty something, and. uh I, I I was shooting a thousand yards the day before. This is the VTR again, and uh, she shot and shot and shot and shot, and, and then she was like, "What's going on?" And like the deer's just looking around, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" The scope's dialed into a thousand. She was shooting on oh. twelve feet over his back, but getting something to drink here. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. It's getting a little parched. Need oh, some yeah. water. Thank you. So, but uh, yeah. So outside of that, you know, I plan on doing. Uh, for, for Oregon, second choice, Umqua Whitetail. Okay. Um, you can get that second choice, and I shouldn't probably. Sure, thank you. I've, I've drawn that. Uh, the Whitetail tag? For the archery? Yeah. I've, I think I've drawn it two or three times. Second choice? Um, I believe so. Yeah. It was, it's been, I haven't put in for it since, since I don't live in that area anymore. It's too hard for me to go down there and do that hunt anymore. Um, and part of the reason why I stopped putting in for it was even though I lived there and I had the tag two or three times to find the access. And the yes. access that I did know to hunt was like a really good buddy of mine, but he's also an outfitter. And he's like, dude, I got paying clients <laughs> that are coming right. to hunt these bucks. I can't, I can put you on this one stand, but you're not going to kill anything kind of place. And I'm like, ah. And so it was, it turned into why am I hassling so hard i've got access so <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking if i don't draw my main deer tag where if i if i draw my main deer tag it's a it's i want to kill a 180 uh 170 180 that's my goal it's i've got it narrowed down i've got it figured out i know where they're at it's just a matter of getting there and drawing the tag you're gonna and kill a 170 one, uh, mule, muley. Okay, I thought you were saying this, the, this white tail. Hell no, no. I was no, like, no, no, we're talking good Columbia. golly and a grilled Columbia cheese sandwich. Tails. Holy be a cow! World record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the world record's in the high one fifties or something. Yeah, you know the world record probably got hit out by my parents' house. It was a giant 10, 10 on each side. I think non typical, giant. And that was probably twelve years ago, back when they were planting white tails out there. But um, I've got some access to a couple properties that yeah, it, it would be worth getting I've, it. I've I've seen a a buck that at one point would have been the world record. Really? And it was on a place was it was already dead. And uh the ranch came about it before they were off the endangered species list. <laughs> and it was like they had property and this buck was there and they have the skull sitting there and it's one of those we can't you know, died of natural causes or whatever. They right. have the rant. They have the buck, but they're so protected. They didn't even want anybody to see it. And like, oh yeah, this this would be the world record, but they're protected. Really? Yeah. Is it still there? Uh, it's. I, I'm. I'm assuming they still have it. I don't. I don't know. Oh. It's not. It wouldn't be the world <laughs> record anymore. And I mean, even then, it was like 
yeah. it looks like a regular sized whitetail. I mean, the <laughs> Columbia whitetail is not a world records. Yeah, not that impressive because they're still not that big. One hundred and thirty pound. <laughs> now I sound like the mule deer guy bashing like what blacktail aren't that big? Like right. <laughs> yeah. But if you're if you're a whitetail guy and 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 you're wanting that whitetail slam, as they say. Like the Columbia whitetail, they're a cool deer. They really are. They're just, yeah, they're not as big. If you pay to hunt them, it's not hard to get one. But if you don't have access, access, yeah, it's, it's tough. extremely tough. It's tough. Even with the way they were, I was part. I helped ODFW um, try to do their their. I've done that. The net system where the they rocket nets. They're rocketing the I've nets over that. the top of them, and so I was so excited. I was like, okay, can I push? I just want to push the button. <laughs> just push the button. And my buddy Adam that was working there for a while, he's like, I'll let you push the button. He's like, but you're going to push the button when I say push the button. And the rule <laughs> was they all have to have their heads down. And so one would have its head up. All of them got their heads down eating these apples. And then as soon as that one put one other one would put his head up, and then it drops its head, and this head comes up. And none of them would have their head down at the same time, so we never got to shoot the rockets when oh. I was out there. And uh, the reason was because if one of them has their head up, they didn't want one catching a rocket to the face <laughs> so they like, make sure all their heads are down so it's oh, safe shoot. for them and yeah but even with the uh with the tagging and relocation and the the them expanding out it still is tough to find access oh yeah yeah well i, I wasn't the trigger puncher i was the deer tackler oh when we did it so we tackled this old oh so you actually got to shoot the rockets yeah i didn't shoot the rocket you but we, yeah but they we did tackled shoot the, the rockets while you deer. were there yeah cool and one was an old just no teeth white tail buck and i felt bad because they were guiding this is back when you could hunt them. Okay. And they came off the guide's property onto this other guy's property who didn't want them. And so we basically stole a giant white tail from a guide. Although um, this is after the horns had dropped. Oh, okay. So he didn't even have horns. Gotcha. Uh, you could see the pedestals where they yep. were and his no teeth. He just knew it was a giant. Yeah. And uh, I don't know where they relocated that buck, but it was pretty cool tackling him and just feeling an animal that hasn't been shot or anything, just one that you'd usually have to – Touch yeah. dead. He's sitting there tangled just up in the net, there, and they're still yeah, strong just, you, kicking you around. You got your knee on his side. And I mean, I would imagine it. I mean, I've worked cattle, and I've tackled calves <laughs> when we're doing those. And hog time, and throw them in the cool. back of the truck. It'd be, they're I guess strong. it'd be the similar. They're strong, but, you know, three guys can hold down a deer. Two, yeah. Two, once it's down, can hold down And you guys deer. just had, like, the basically like a dog collar is what it looks like to hog tie their feet to keep um, them kicking? I, I don't even know if we had those. I think we just, they just, because uh, they drew blood out of his one of his legs. Yeah. And then um, I don't remember there being any any band. There probably was. Uh, I was 15 at the time, 16. Have you ever gone out when they uh, tried to do it for the blacktail study to try to help dart Spotlight? the Spotlight? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've never done that. Oh, we, I went out with the kid once, and he was uh, the wildlife technician, in which actually have a cooler job than the biologist because they get to go out and do all the, the field work and stuff. And so he, I met him at the gym. And he's like, hey, we're going to go out and spotlight some deer. And you told me about this area that you know we have to get. That's part of our section that we're supposed to get some deer from. Do you want to go? And I was like, yes. Spotlighting. Legal. I'm in. Let's yes. go. And so they got this this dart gun that looks like a, uh, it looks like a space version of an AR-15 <laughs> with this big dart. That, Starship Troopers, right? Yeah. But the dart, he's like, dude, if you could pull off a 40-yard shot, he's like, that's a bomb. That dart shoots so slow, it's like a lob. Really? And so we go out, and we're spotlighting deer, and you'd see deer on one side of the highway or one side of the gravel road, and he's like, yeah, those ones are in range, but that's not our our, our area. we got to be on this side of the road for the, for the, uh, 
the study to work. You know, these are we need deer on this section, not that section. So he's like, you can't shoot those ones. We got to get them from this side. And I'm huh. like, not that they don't cross. The I'm road. like, you don't think the deer cross the road? <laughs> and he's like, hey man, I'm just doing my job. Like, you know, trying to be do the right thing. Huh. So we ended up. He, whether I'm not trying to get the kid in trouble, whether he was supposed to let me or not, he finally was like, <laughs> "All right, there's some deer. You think you could sneak on those?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Do you want to try to shoot the gun?" I was like, "Yep." And he's like, "All right." <laughs> he's like, "Don't shoot, don't shoot a doe or don't shoot a fawn." He's like, "And make sure you, you know, shoot for the big fat muscle on the butt." He's like, "You want to hit him back there? Make sure he's had a rangefinder built in. It was like their rangefinder really? was like duct taped to the side of the thing where you <laughs> beep it and shoot." Huh. He's like, yeah, yeah. So I got within 50 yards and it was standing there. And I'm like, I'm going to set some record at this ODFW office for longest <laughs> career shot. But I just couldn't make myself shoot the shot. Uh, uh, but, yeah, it was cool just going out and seeing and learning about how they do the whole system of doing their blacktail studies and learning. I wish more people would do that, get more involved. It was fun. Because it's something I, I still talk about today. and it's like, I, learned, it's a a, fun I learned a ton that helped me as a hunter of learning – where the blacktail go, where they shed, where they winter, where they travel, their home range, all that kind of stuff. But just like picking his brain while we were going, mm -hmm. I felt like it was 20 questions. He probably was like, get out of the truck. You're just <laughs> freaking Johnny want to know it all, you know. But it was, it was, it was, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I really did. I would definitely suggest if you are into hunting and you have any inclination to actually help as a conservationist, is do as much as you can to learn about the animal and do, go out with those guys volunteer to help like that stuff that stuff yeah. is not just valuable to them as having help but it's valuable to you as a hunter to be able to learn about about the animal themselves yeah, it was pretty it cool was legit fun i mean it was fun yeah dart and a deer would be pretty freaking cool driving around Catch legally release. spotlighting like <laughs> look at that thing you know yeah. but the reason I even brought this up is when you talked about the whitetail that already lost his horns. Uh -huh. We were in the springtime around them when they should be dropping horns. And so I was like, uh, so if we shoot a buck and he still <laughs> has his horns, are you going to be mad if I sit there and tug on him a little bit to see if they'll come <laughs> right. off once he's kind of like sleepy? And he's like, a little tug. Just, to, you know, don't <laughs> demolish his head. But he's like, but you, I'll, I'll let you wiggle to see. And he's like, well, honestly, I'd rather not shoot a buck. He's like, if we shoot bucks, they take a totally different collar system than the does. Oh. He's like, the does basically ping back already. The bucks, they have to go out and, like, with the wand and find. And since they have such a bigger range, he's like, it makes way more work for us if we if we do a buck. And they have to have a different uh, collar system because so they're, when they're swelled. So up. when they're swelled during the rut. So he's like, the the they their uh their collars tend to fail more often just because they are a buck they do fight they do have to be adjustable for the rut and swell of the neck and he's like those are easy hmm. those are easy they did you collar them they do all the work for you so he's like that'd be sweet i'd really rather not <laughs> target a buck he's like but since you're with me he's like <laughs> if we see a big one and if it's in range I'll let you. Take a picture like you killed it. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> totally grin. would have. I would have been like this. I'd even have posed with the spotlight and been like, what up? <laughs> right. Legal. You legal. <laughs> yeah. But so. we ended up not even seeing. We saw a bunch of deer, just didn't see nothing in range. We didn't see any bucks. But That's crazy. It was fun. It was It was definitely, I learned a ton from huh. from uh, my buddy Ben. That's all. <laughs> Perfect. Just, just Ben. 
Well, I, I I appreciate you. I'm going to wrap this thing up. I appreciate you letting me uh, hang out in your booth and yeah. harass some of your customers. Yeah, anytime. Potential it, customers. It's fun hanging out. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like our, our conversation was a bit wandering. We, we talked about a bunch of different We did. I want to talk about the Oregon draw and then just hunting Oregon in general. And, and since yours is an Oregon-based hunting tag, but you have them, you're developing it for other states. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. To do my uh, hunt tag plug for the business is uh, we're down in. We are in Ohio, we are in West Virginia, and yeah. Oklahoma, and soon to be New Mexico, possibly Montana, depends on what exactly, I've heard, we're waiting till their actual regulations come out in hard copy, because I'm like, we're not going to put a bunch of R&D into, a if it's not, a, we're just heard rumors, yeah, just rumors on stuff, but there's a bunch of the states that do the ETAG system, and so um, our goal as a company is basically to help people stay legal, yeah. make it easier for them, and so get it to as many people as we can all the new states getting pretty good feedback on them oh absolutely and they're all customized there's there's a few other a few other companies that do like a universal kind of deal and ours are all customized per state so if you lived in oklahoma and you wanted a tagging system for the electronic thing those tags come customized with the exact information that oklahoma requires full on with the logo that's on there has the state of oklahoma on there so they Mm -hmm. look pretty cool well i i appreciate it. it is one of my favorite products like i my, a lot of my family got those for birthdays or Christmas presents last year. So I, I appreciate the awesome. product, too. I use the crap out of it. Um, and, you know, everything we shot this year was tagged with one of your hunt tag things. Right on. And, and they sell themselves. People walk up, and, and they're like, they look at it, and if they don't know what it is, as soon as you start explaining it to them, the light bulb goes on. I'm like, oh, I need that. Yeah. So it's it's not required, but it is something that you really do need. Yeah. It's it's it going to be a commodity. For me, it's a commodity. It's It's something that I... I I am so forgetful not having to bring a tag with me. Yeah. I forgot my tag when I've gone hunting before. I've had to drive all, all the, the way time. back home. You know, now I I always got my phone on me. Yep. So I'm coming around to the electronic. Um, That's where I was. But I, I know, lose if it's not if my head wasn't connected to my neck, I would here. lose it. And so I'm like, well, I don't. I do not want to have the wrath of what I have to come home to if I lose my $600 phone. So <laughs> I make sure I don't lose my phone. Right. It's gone. I got my Onyx Maps is on there, my Google Earth, my, you know, taking pictures with it. So I know I'm going to have my phone. So why not just always have my license on there instead of having a That's paper a tag point. thing that did, did I put it in this pack? Did I put it in that pack? Back when the old Bymart. You know, pouches that everybody yeah, put their stuff in. Yeah, I still in. got those. Do you know how many of those I would lose? <laughs> yes. That I'd put it in this wallet or that wallet or I'd fall in the river. It just it didn't matter. I would lose those. And then your stuff gets soaked. You can't see it. Yeah. Yep. yep. I do got yep. one idea for you guys. Okay. Uh, just an idea because I'm a uh, phlegmatic guy that grabs a hold of some things in the past and doesn't want to let go. You see how many posts you see that says goodbye magic triangles? Yeah. Okay. You should put the, the triangles on the sides of your hunt tags so guys can still cut those out and take uh, hunt tag triangles. There you go. Hunt tag triangles. Print them on the side, and then you just have to you just cut them snip, out. snip, snip, snip. By no way is it required, but for the guys that want that picture with the triangles, there nostalgic. You go. There you go. I have a feeling the next that. animal you tag is going to have just <laughs> orange triangles cut out of yours, and you're going to be like, like a pen. Just really small, right? Like, 
This was taken September 12th, right yes, there. Yes. Bam. I miss those picks, man. I mean, it just seeing. There's, it, there's people that miss them. There's people that just hate those because there's always the, the triangles, the teaser guy that that's all he posts. I did those, that one year, and, people and then were like, runs it you. like a week and a half before they actually get yeah. to see what it was, and everybody's chomping at the bit to see. Yeah. Yeah, I did that one year, and then everybody's like, "No, not you, man! Like, don't, don't even start that shit." I was like, "All right, all right." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I would, I, I think that'd be kind of cool, just as a nostalgic uh, piece. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, anyways, well, let's uh, give a plug to your website. Where can people find you? And, and, we uh, are www.hunt-tag.com. <laughs> Not an underscore. And you can find us on Instagram at hunt underscore tag, and Facebook is hunt dash tag. Okay. Perfect. Well, hey, I appreciate your time, and then let me uh, invade your booth here for an hour. Yeah, no problem. Two and a half, or actually three hours. <laughs> That's how long so. we yak just now? No, uh, I've been in your booth for three, almost three hours. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Like I said, we always enjoy it. It's always a good time. Like I love hanging out and yakking. Yeah, and if you're down in Southern Oregon, which I'm sure you will be, and you want to go bear hunting. Cool. And you want to do the driving around thing, not your hiking looking stuff, but you want to do the lazy man's bear hunting. Hey, I'm down for whatever. Give me a call. Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> we'll go down there. One of these days, we'll uh, maybe next time Easton gets something, well, you'll have to have her on the show, and she could tell Dude, you her I side of the it. story. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that would be cool. We should have had her on. I should have got an extra mic. <clears throat> there you go. So, all right, man. Well, I appreciate you. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, sounds good. See ya. All right, guys, that's this episode of the podcast. Be sure to go check out Mike Myrie at Hunt Tag. If you guys hunt in Oregon, really, it, it, this is something that I get as gifts for family. That's how much I like this product. It's super useful and makes the tagging system a breeze, whether you're electronic or paper. And Mike's a super great guy, so your money's going to support a great family. And uh, yeah, just really appreciate everything that, that you guys have done. And if you have time and you haven't yet, please go on to iTunes to leave a review. It has been like over a month since I've had a review on there and I granted I haven't uploaded and haven't pushed it a lot lately so this is me pushing it a lot and this is me encouraging you to go do that so uh, if anybody does that maybe I'll do some sort of cool giveaway maybe I won't I don't know hint hint but uh, outside of that appreciate all the feedback and uh, all the nice comments I've been getting I'm doing much better yes I'm a little sick you guys can probably hear it in my voice but uh, you know, what's, what's a win without a little bit of adversity? So outside of that, appreciate you guys, and I will see you on the next one. Bye.